peace of our Lord be with you. Every three years, when the common lectionary asks the church throughout the world to read this morning's gospel lesson, it never fails to take me back to a conversation I had almost exactly half a lifetime ago. In my early 30s, a young pastor sitting in the office at Mercer University with my dear, beloved friend, Kirby Godsey. I can't remember why, but I had undertaken at that point in my life the practice which I continue to this day of forcing myself to read all four Gospels in a single week. Sometimes in a single day, it takes eight hours, often in a 24-hour period, always striving to do it in a few days, which is really the only way to feel the impact. I know everyone does not have the luxury of reading in that way, and I recognize that, um, but it is the only way to feel the full impact. It is the price of admission to feel the full impact of the Jesus of the four Gospels is just to sit down and not let yourself get up <laughs> until you've read all 79 chapters of all four books, 89 chapters of all four books. So I was sitting in Kirby's office and I remember saying to him, I cannot reconcile the Jesus of the four Gospels with the institutional ambitions and thus obligations and thus anxieties of the church. I find it impossible to recognize, to reconcile the Jesus of the four Gospels with the institutional ambitions obligations and anxieties of the church. And I'll never forget Kirby's response. I'm so glad you have that tension in you, Chuck, but I'm afraid that someday it is going to just tear you in two. It has, it does, I suspect it always will. And no passage of scripture puts a more clear frame around all of that than this morning's lesson from the Gospel of Mark. A, pas a passage in which Peter found it so difficult to just let Jesus be Jesus that Peter actually took Jesus aside and the gospel says rebuked Jesus. Come now, Jesus. No more of this talk of suffering and rejection and death. Peter, finding it so impossible to just let Jesus be Jesus, 
that Peter rebuked Jesus and all of us across the centuries since finding it so hard to let Jesus be Jesus that while we would never rebuke Jesus we have been quick to remake Jesus into a more manageable reasonable Christ of Christianity a Christianity which has grown massive and powerful and in so many ways so beautiful and which has done so much good in the world and to which in so many ways uh, I owe my life and livelihood, right? But it is the church's job to never let us forget the real Jesus. It is the church's job to help us all have an unmuddled up theology that is crystal clear about who the real Jesus is. I don't know how to get any closer to the real Jesus than by reading the four Gospels. I understand the four Gospels are not inerrant or infallible any more than any other part of the Bible is. Inerrancy and infallibility is about a three or four hundred year old idea and it is a compliment that we pay the Bible that the Bible never asked to be paid. So I understand that the Gospels are not inerrant or infallible and I understand that they were not written by people who were following Jesus around taking notes on what Jesus said. The Gospel of Mark was written in the mid-60s, Matthew and Luke written in what the 70s, 80s, Gospel of John in 90. So generations have passed. These Gospels are being written for specific communities of faith, just like Paul's letters to the Romans or the Corinthians. I understand all that. But still, even after you factor in all of that, the four Gospels are the most trustworthy record we have of the words and works of Jesus. So when I say the real Jesus, I had shorthand for the Jesus of the four Gospels. I read them again this week, every word, all four of them. If you're going to do it, read Mark first, not only because Mark was the first one written, but because it's the shortest one and it makes you feel really good about making a lot of progress on reading the four Gospels. I read every word one more time. And the Jesus of the four Gospels is different from the Christ of popular Christianity. The Christ of popular Christianity is a composite 
of what 21st century evangelicalism likes about, what 19th century revivalism kept about, what Martin Luther and John Calvin said about, what Anselm wrote about, what Augustine taught about, what Paul thought about Jesus. That's the Christ of popular Christianity who is beautiful and wonderful and massive and powerful and does so much good in the world. Praise be to God. But we have to be really clear about the Jesus of the Gospels. We have to, we have to help little Will's bird grow up knowing who is the real Jesus of the Gospels. And we all have to work at keeping our own theology clear and unmuddled up about the Jesus of the Gospels. The Jesus of the Gospels calls us to follow, gives us the choice of following or not following. A Jesus who calls us to deny ourselves take up the cross and follow Jesus. The Jesus of the four Gospels will not leave the cross in Jerusalem as a place for Jesus to die. The Jesus of the four Gospels picks up the cross in Jerusalem, a place for Jesus to die, and brings it to Jackson, a way for us to live. A life of vulnerable love completely stretched out, stretched all the way up to God and all the way out to others. A cross-formed life of nothing but vulnerable love. No corner of our life untouched by Jesus' call for us to get up every morning and live a life of cross-wide, stretched out, vulnerable love. That's the only option the Jesus of the Gospels presented us with. It is the clear call of the Jesus we are called to follow. Amen.